Hey folks, welcome back to Radio Karam and of course to Hawthorne Obsession. My name is Marcus and uh, my fellow Hawthorne Obsessor, Michael, <laughs> is uh, joining us today. And Michael, we've had a fantastic week of the Hawks. That's my call anyway. Uh, yeah, you could say that. It's uh, we a few days out from the draft, or the draft happened a few days ago, so that was very exciting, particularly given that we had a top 10 pick for the first time in a long, long time, I think about a decade um, since we've had a, a top 10 pick, or maybe more. I, I think it's 2006 was the last time we had a top 10 pick, so yeah, that's exciting, and um, and yeah, I, I think overall a pretty good night, but I think at the same time, I think a lot of Hawthorne supporters were still left a little wanting, so I guess we'll get into that. Well, of course, we ideally we get number two, five, and seven, so we get get the uh, Buddy, Ruffy, and Lewis combo, but not to be. Look, I reckon, um, just for my thinking, the clearly we were after somebody could take a mark, and we're after a lot of pacey blokes, and I think they actually managed to nail that. I'm just, I'm just. Look, we're at the beginning of a new revolution of Hawthorne, a revolution which will bring more premierships our way, because that's we're in the business of winning premierships at Hawthorne. And I'm just excited by what they've actually gained because I sort of figure this is the first of a of a two, two or three drafts where they're going to actually get the players to keep winning those premierships for us. Yeah, I look. Uh, why, we, why don't we just go straight into it and look That's at the players that we got now uh, with pick six, which was our first pick in the draft. We picked up Denver Granger Barras, who is a key defender. We did mention on our last show that that was a possibility that he was rated in the the Fab Five or the Fab Six or whatever it was in the draft of the outstanding players that, that were from that draft and. This guy's rated as uh, clearly the best key defender in the draft, and he was likened to uh, Jeremy McGovern or Dylan Grimes. So, you know, if he could be as good as either of those guys, we'd, we'd have a very good pickup. So um, that's the guy they've gone for. I did mention last week, and I'll mention again, uh, it probably was, of all the top guys we could have gotten, uh, this was probably maybe the least exciting for for some, just because it seemed as if, a key defender wasn't necessarily what we needed. And, and key defenders, whilst definitely not an unimportant position, wasn't uh, necessarily the exciting position that you get with a midfielder or a forward. But um, having said that, um, I'm sure we've got a good player there and hopefully someone like uh, the Granger Barras can be uh, a really good long-term key defender for the next 10 to 12 years. So um, that would be great because if you look at any good premiership team, they always have key defenders, uh, really good ones. So uh, hopefully he can be that for us. And I was uh, mentioning last week that I thought our last show that I thought our, the best, the most exciting part of, it, of Hawthorne's ground was the back line with all the new players emerging there. And I think, look, you've got to start somewhere, as you say, and you've got to build your back line up to make... I mean, don't forget, Sisley's going to come back into that team in 2022 as well too. So... I, and. Just on that, can I just... I'm sort of going a bit off script here, Michael, but I'm wondering whether they're thinking they may, uh, with a year of this Barras bloke playing, Denver playing in the back line, and I imagine they'll get him in the, in the team pretty pretty soon, they'll, they might actually have a back line that can go forward and they might actually... Do you think Sisley could move forward? Could that be the chance? Because, I mean, those blokes in the forward line, you know, Gunston, they can't play forever, but I reckon that Sisley may be a go-forward man. What do you think? 
Uh, maybe, but I think Sicily definitely plays his best footy as a defender. He was yeah. good forward, but uh, it's hard for me to see them moving someone like that into the forward line, considering yeah. how good he's been in defence. And the idea of uh, Sicily and Granger Barras, you know, who might be as good, um, both of them in the back line is, is pretty. It's pretty good. I think it'd be pretty difficult for oppositions to score or get any real entry into the forward line. So uh, I, I think I, I think Sicily will stay as a defender. You mentioned that we had uh, good defenders uh, already, and I think most of our best young talent is in defence. Um, so you know, Day off half back and Scrimshaw and oh, yeah. Blake Hardwick, uh, and yeah. and even Impey's not not an old guy. He's about yeah. twenty five, I think. And of course, Sicily is about twenty five. But uh, I guess our key defenders uh, in uh, Kyle Hardigan, who's twenty nine, and uh, Sam Frost, who's twenty seven. Uh, they're probably more serviceable. Uh, I mean, they're both good players, but um, I can see why they probably were looking to the future and, and seeing like post post Hardigan, post Frost, and and someone like Granger Barras would probably will probably be able to fill in for those guys. So, and and you know, and he'll maybe we'll see what he does next season, but he might fill in for for Sicily next year. So. Yeah, as I said, it's not a bad pickup. It's always good to have a good key defender. And anyone with a, a longish memory will remember just how horrible it was or how much Hawthorne struggled when they went for that post-Trent Crode era where they, um, they, I think it was from about 2009 to 2012, where we had quite a good team, but we just didn't have a key defender. Yeah. We had uh, Ryan Schoenmakers, who was really a forward trying to play as a defender, and, and Gibson, who was you know, undersized for a key defender. We just got monstered by key forwards, and it really cost us in big games. So it's very important to have good key defenders. So having a, a gun key defender is something that they've obviously targeted. So... Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good pick, but it was a little bit, um, just for me, and I, I think just judging from Hawthorne fans online, a little sobering when they took the key defender rather than, you know, the the midfielder with X-Factor or the, the gun yeah. forward with X-Factor. Yeah, it was yeah. a little sobering to see them pick the, you know, maybe sensible pick, but maybe not sensible. as exciting. I like that. You know, I, I look at some... Actually, you've, you've nailed it there, Michael, because I think... Uh, there are some teams out there, and uh, you know we like to name them Essendon and those sort of teams. You like to go for the flashy type players and players that can do all sorts of amazing stuff. But at the end of the day, you know we want to win a premiership and we want to set set up a team which is going to take us forward. And uh, the brass, I think the Denver kid's going to be an amazing player for us. And I think we need to actually be a bit smart about how we actually recruit. That's why I think the the selection of players they've gone through this year are really nailing. The problems in our team. I think that's the key thing. So we're setting us up for the future. We're not going for the flashy player. We're going for the player who's going to win us a premiership more than yeah, one. I think so. So I look, I'm very happy with Denver Granger Barras, and I'm sure he'll be a good player. He might be a really good player for a long time. So it's nothing like don't don't make it sound like I'm disappointed we picked him. I'm not. Uh, just on the night, just because of the position he played, it didn't feel like a number one need. But you know, uh, I'm sure he'll be a great player. So I'm happy. You know, it, uh, maybe it took me a couple of days, but uh, I am I'm happy now with um, the Granger Barras pickup. I'm looking forward to see what he can do next year and, and beyond. So next on the list, the next player we picked up with pick 25, were, uh, sorry 29, was Seamus Mitchell, who is a small slash medium forward who can also play on the wing. Uh, I got to admit I knew nothing about this guy, and I think he was a bit of a draft bolter. I don't think he was really considered to be in that top 30 range. So most I know about 
Seamus Mitchell, just from reading up on him, is that he's quite fast. So um, he's, he can really burst away from packs and he's got a good goal sense. So uh, I, look, we probably needed a bit of everything uh, when you looked at our list. It wasn't really a position that we had completely covered. So uh, I... Yeah, no problems with this pick. Uh, hopefully, Seamus plays soon, and I hope he becomes a good player. But I don't have too much more to say about him because I just didn't know too much about him. Uh, you do you have anything the, to say about yeah, that? Well, actually, I watched. The, did you watch the, the highlights of his, his video footage? He's I haven't. Play, he's the sort of player we haven't got in our team at the moment. He actually he get, gets the ball and runs, and he's he does accelerate away from the people uh, who are chasing after him. So I think that's the sort of player we want. We actually lacking a bit of pace at the minute. So that sort of um, asset is going to be uh, great in our team. Is someone like him plays on ball, can play, you know, wing on ball, half forward. I reckon they'll be moving him, using him well, and I think he'll play next year in our team. Yeah, well, we definitely need more midfielders, so uh, it'd be good to have someone like him in the team. Uh, the next pick at thirty-five was Connor Downey. Now we knew this one was coming for a long time because he was on Hawthorne's Next Generation Academy or whatever academy name yeah. it was. We managed to pick him at pick 35 after North Melbourne bid for him, so we are able to match the bid. Thankfully, that went our way this time. Um, so Downey is a halfback wing. I heard him described as a Isaac Smith clone, and if you look at his highlights, he definitely you know is a line-breaking sort of player, um, kicks long and, and is quite pacey as well. So uh, that's... I think a position we definitely need to fill now that um, Smith has moved on and, and Smith was getting old regardless. So we definitely needed a, a young midfielder with pace. So hopefully Downey plays next year. Uh, he looks pretty good and I know he's been on Hawthorne's radar for a very long time. So I'm glad we were able to get him and be able to use another pick in that second round. So getting Mitchell and Downey adds a lot of pace to the team and hopefully to our future. So I, I'm happy with Downey. you have anything to say about that? Marcus? Yeah, I was going to think that I was just looking at the how the team's going to set up. So Phillips on one wing and you've got Downey on the other wing, I reckon that's very good, mate. They're both long kicks, both beautiful kicks. And I think uh, it's, um, yeah, we're setting ourselves up for a, um, a very good year. And I, I'm assuming that Downey will play in the team pretty early on. Yeah, I'm assuming that as well. Next pick at 46 was Tyler Brockman. Now, I didn't know anything about this guy prior to the draft either. I don't know too much about the guys that were taken later. This is a small forward. I immediately thought of Paul Puopolo and his absence and, and you know, the, the sort of role that that leaves in the team. We don't have too many small forwards. We also delisted uh, Matt Walker as well. So I think Hanrahan is probably the only out-and-out small forward on the team. I, I guess Josh Morris as well. So... Yeah, I definitely see why they picked a small forward. So uh, I don't know too much about Brockman other than, yeah, he's a pacey small forward. So we might see him play. I don't, I don't know about next year. I really don't know where he's at in terms of playing senior footy, but it's good to get another small forward. It's definitely a position that we needed to fill up on. So pretty happy with that. Yep, I'm excited. Oh, look, we want pacey blokes in our team. And uh, Hanrahan's a bit of a work in progress. I'm not sure whether it's going to progress enough to sort of be in our premiership team going forward. So any experiment with the draft to pick up a kid who's like that is um, always a good thing. And just on his highlights, he looks pretty good. He likes kicking goals and uh, he's pretty nimble around packs. So, yeah, we want the pace, Michael. The next one on the list is uh, Jack Saunders or Saunders. Uh, this is a, from the rookie draft. Our only pick in the rookie draft, actually, uh, Jack is a an inside midfielder. And this is the position that I think Hawthorne needed to fill, in my opinion, with the highest priority. So it's good that we've gotten a mid, an inside mid. Uh, if you look at our list, I'll oh, we'll get onto this in a, 
in a in a little bit, but we're actually kind of really lacking there. So it's good that it's good that we get an inside midfielder. Again, I don't know too much about Sounders, but uh, hopefully he can be a really good player for Hawthorne. Um, yeah. yeah, again, it's it's a position that we definitely needed to fill. Yeah, I can't comment. I haven't seen there isn't any highlights I can see of him at the minute. Um, or I didn't spot it. But uh, look, you know the but the comment from the club is that they're excited to have this guy available to pick him. So that's always a good thing, Michael. Let's hope he's a um, a Sam Mitchell. Yeah, well, that'd be great. If he's anywhere near as good as that, that'd be bloody good. So, yeah, okay. Well, that, that rounds out our draft. Um, so we've got five new players. Um, now, I think the main thing, I mean, three of the five new players were noted for their, their pace and line-breaking ability. Um, the other two, we've got a key defender and an inside mid. So, I mean, I guess the thing, when I look at the list now... Um, there's still, I mean, look, we were never going to fix all of our problems in one draft. It was going to take a few. But I think that the problems we have mainly, or like what I would go for now, uh, I would hope they'd go for now, uh, we really need more inside midfielders. If you look outside of our best 22, and I actually I have put together our best 22, so I'll read that out in a minute. Okay. But um, Ooh, if, you look out, if you look outside of our best 22, there's a serious lack of inside midfielders. Yeah. Uh, we're basically... Yeah, we, we're really, really low on that. So Sounders, are glad we picked him up, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely something we need to look at. Key forwards, that's a little bit dependent on whether or not the key forwards we've got at the moment can improve. Um, so I think Lewis and Patton can improve. So that's um, an area that I don't think is as in demand. But, we yeah, definitely uh, inside mids is where we need to look at next. But, yeah, look... Uh, Pacey midfielders, one inside mid, and a key defender really helps. So hopefully this sets us up for the future really nicely. Yeah, I'm excited, Mike. I think they've done they've done a great job. I mean, Hawthorne always know what they're doing, so they've done a great job with this sort of stuff. Got a lot of faith in the uh, the team, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident that uh, those first three picks will play footy next year. I reckon they'll be in the team, and uh, we, I mean, what, Hawthorne supporters want to see what the future looks like, so. Getting him in the team pretty early on would be a, a smart move for all of us, I think. Because you're not going to. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating next year we finish somewhere near the bottom again, and uh, you know, getting these players in the, on the ground would be a key thing. Michael, what's our best twenty-two? Okay, all right. So this is my best twenty-two for Hawthorne. I think it's pretty hard to dispute it, in my opinion. But um, this is what I've come up with. Now, I've I've not included any of the guys that we've just drafted because we just yeah. don't know anything about them. And I've also excluded Sicily just because uh, I don't think he'll play next year. You know, he might play a little bit, but um, yeah, obviously he would be in there, but I've just taken him out for that yeah, reason. Okay, so starting on the full back line, I've got uh, Hardwick, Hardigan, and Impey. Then halfback, Scrimshaw, Frost, Day. Then from the centre line, I've got Shields, Tom Mitchell and Tom Scully. Then half forwards, I've got Chad Wingard, Mitch Lewis, Sean Burgoyne. In the full forward line, I've got Luke Bruce, Patton and Gunston. And then in the rucks, I've got McAvoy as the starting ruckman and the followers being uh, Warple and O'Meara. And then on the bench, I've got Cousins, Tom Phillips, Damon Graves and uh, Jonathan Segler as the backup ruck. So, you know, all in all, it's it's not a bad 22 when you look at it on paper. And, and, and there are a few players there that if they got back to the way they should be playing, like I'm talking about Mitchell and Wingard and, and Warple and those guys who have shown a lot more than they did last year, 
Um, it's really not, and, and Mitch Lewis, I'll add in that one. Um, it's really not too bad. This is definitely a team that can uh, challenge, uh, I'd say even challenge some of the better teams in the comp, but I think consistency is the key. And I don't, I don't think there's enough X factor and probably enough just raw talent to really make the eight or push very deep into it. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's funny, when you read those names out, I thought to myself, yeah, that's probably our best 22, but in reality, Godfather. It's a, it's, there's, a bit, there's a bit of a way to go before we can be confidently thinking, yeah, we've got a premiership year coming up. There's, there's, a, there's obviously a mix, mixed bag of stuff there, and you've got some players there, you like Day and so forth, and Hardwick and Scrimshaw, etc., who are actually where the future lies. But, um, yeah, there's a bit of work on progress there. So uh, that's why we... I mean, I imagine those... those Mention those top three players, or maybe even four of the players we drafted this year, will probably could find themselves in our best twenty-two as the year progresses next year. But at the stage, at this stage, I reckon you've probably just about nailed it, Michael. Yeah, I've also just because I had too much time on my hands this morning, I've also done a well. I, I couldn't quite manage twenty-two because we've got a smaller list, but I've got the a best twenty uh, uh, outside of that, so excluding oh. that. Okay, and um, and wow. excluding Sicily as well. So yeah. I'll just go through this quickly. So uh, this would be our reserves, if you will. So, um, okay, so from the back line, I've got Harry Pepper, um, Hartley and Kaczynski. Then uh, on the half-back line, I've got uh, Jayeth, Granger Barast at centre-half back and Harry Morrison on the half-back flank. Then uh, from the centre line, I've got Connor Downey, Daniel Howe and Dylan Moore on the other wing. Then uh, half forwards, I've got Hanrahan, Tim O'Brien, and Seamus Mitchell on the half forward flank. Then uh, in the full forward line, I've got Brockman in the forward pocket, Emerson Jecker full forward, and Connor Nash in the other forward pocket. Then uh, starting Ruckman, I've got Keegan Brooksby. And then the two followers, I've got uh, Jack Saunders and Finn McGuinness. And then on the bench, that leaves Josh Morris and uh, Ned Reeves as the backup. So, I mean, I know I've just read through a lot of names there, but what I would say oh, is that good, we've... That's a pretty good line, but Box Hill, I reckon that'd be a team that could win the premiership at Box Hill, actually. Yeah, possibly. Uh, what I would name. say there is we've got three key defenders there that all look... Well, at least Hartley is ready to go. Granger yeah. Barras might be ready to go. And, and Kaczynski, you know, I don't know what will happen with him, but, he, you know, he's someone that could debut next year. So we're pretty well stocked for key defenders, I would oh. say. And yeah. even having Jayath and Morrison there, who, you know, have proven a bit at AFL level, like the, the back line, even in our best 22 and uh, and off the field, looks pretty good. I'd it's say pretty, that there's a bit yeah. of depth there. I reckon you've actually nailed it there. I, I, I our reserve, you don't think about this, but our reserve sort of stocks aren't too bad. There's some players with still unknown potential. So I think about uh, Jayath, and I think even think about Nash as well too, unknown potential, or maybe his potential's been reached, who knows. But there are some players there who have got something to offer, and I think we've got pretty good reserve stocks at the minute. And I'm, uh, yeah, I didn't realise that. That's actually a good, good collection of players. And, I mean, they'll, they'll definitely, they'll... I reckon they'll win the Premiership next year at Box Hill for sure. Uh, yeah, well, they'll be up there. There's some other teams with some pretty good reserves oh, too. Who but... cares about the other teams? We've got the best <laughs> anyway. And I, I'm actually thinking that, uh, you know, they always, as you know, Michael, usually if you win the Reserves Premiership, there's a Senior Premiership not far behind. So I think um, we've got some players there who can kick on board. Oh, good, yeah, good work, Michael. Hey, Michael. Uh, yes. Anything else you want to talk about the draft or Hawks? Or... Well, just before we get to that, because I'm not done with this list. <laughs> yeah. Um, one glaring problem with the, the list, both of them, 
that? is that if you look outside of the, and I mentioned this earlier, but uh, there's a severe lack of inside midfielders. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the depth of the squad, um, one major problem is that um, outside of our best 22, the only inside midfielders we've got uh, that have played any senior footy are Finn McGuinness and uh, Daniel Howe, who's really more of a tagger. So, uh, yeah, I, that's why it, it surprised me that they didn't go for a, um, a, a, an inside mid. I mean, I know they've got Saunders. I don't know if he'll play next year, but but that's it. So I, I really think that a, an inside – and considering our midfield did, was quite bad um, this most recent season, um, yeah, that's a bit of a worry. So I'm really hoping someone like Finn McGuinness can, can come into the senior side and, and maybe even sort of get a, a spot in the best 22. Did you see you on the time trial during the week? I did, yeah. He's always been good with that. He's quite quick and uh, got good endurance. So that that was part of the reason why we drafted him in the first place. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, look, Michael, yeah. do you want to kick on to that topic we were talking about at the time? Yeah, okay. So let's just talk about the draft. I don't know how many people listening to this watched the draft, but um, anyone who did would agree that it was an quite an experience. Um I, I before we started watching it, or well, I, I watched it, Mark, because you didn't. But before uh, I sat to watch it, I did. We were texting each other, and I did tell you that usually this is a very long, overly long show with um, unnecessary interviews, and it's just drawn out sort of the way that the Brownlow is. Um, but I, it, this year, it actually went to a new low. Um, it, it's 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 as it was as long as it's ever been. Um, so essentially, if you didn't watch it, every time a player was picked, uh, they would interview that player, particularly with the first round. They would interview the player for a couple of minutes, and uh, and and then and then show highlights of the player and give some commentary as to what sort of player he was. And 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 after that, they would finally, uh, after another minute or so, allow for the next team to have a selection. And this was even worse when there was an academy selection because it actually just drew drew it out even more. So what happened was that the the first round of the draft... that, that that lasted, and I'm talking about you know 18 to 19 picks. That was televised. I, I think the running time for that was an hour and a half to two hours, um, which is just an astonishing, a, a astonishingly long amount of time. And the thing is, like you know, I understand why if you're just say you know if your club has just picked up a player, why you would want to see some highlights and 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 maybe an interview. I don't know that they've got too much to say really, but um. Yeah, you know, I can sort of understand why that would be important for you. But just remember that, you know, most clubs have one pick every 20. So for anyone, I mean, what it did really, because for a Hawthorne supporter, like you get to pick six. It took so long to get there, but we finally got to pick six. And then we had to wait all the way to pick 29 until we were finally interested again. So that was a good hour and a half before there was anything that, that you know, brought up your interest. So what it meant, I think, for everyone, it was just incredibly boring viewing. Um, so I don't know why they, they decided to do it that way. I know I'm not the only one who, who was pretty unhappy with it, so hopefully they shorten it next season. But, yeah, they, I think they just tried to turn it. in. Whoever was in charge of that, whoever was doing the broadcasting, just tried to turn it into this big, long extravaganza, and it just ended up being one of the slowest and most boring nights um, on, on football. Uh, oh, it was, it was horrible. They were streaming it, right? So I was looking at it for some of it. And uh, my God, it was very slow. But I was I was watching the uh, the feed on the, uh, 
the Twitter feed on social media and those sort of things, how the commentary was going on, very funny comments, pictures of people like skeletons or someone <laughs> saying they were 84 years of age and it's still going <laughs> 84 years later. It was very funny. A lot of um, amusing uh, commentary was uh, passed by people who were watching the thing. It was a dreadful experience. I mean, really, I mean, uh, it started badly because who was it? Um, Adelaide, I think uh, the doggies took the first pick and Adelaide, for some reason, had this elongated process to make their decision. I mean, they must have known, everyone knew in Australia who follows football, that the doggies were going to be the first pick. And they were going to be the second pick. I mean, you reckon they would have had their second pick sorted out already instead of like, oh, no, we've got to... Well, oh, it's thrown us. I, it's just well, ridiculous. I mean, what are these clubs on about? No, well, that's, but that's what that's what I initially thought. I thought, why on earth are Adelaide taking a full five minutes to decide something that they've had weeks and weeks and months to decide? But actually, once they picked and every other club took a similar amount of time, oh. uh, you, you, you quickly worked out that there was obviously some sort of way that the broadcast had manipulated the time so that they could get in an interview and also show highlights. Um, so, so as I said before, what that meant was that every club has about five minutes, which is I think is too long anyway, but every club has about five minutes and at least four of those five minutes were dedicated to the broadcasting. So Adelaide might have made their decision within the first 30 seconds, well, but it wouldn't matter. A few weeks ago. Crikey. Yeah. Yeah, but my point is that yeah, the, the, the obviously the, the broadcaster um, has drawn it out as much as possible. So I, I yeah. don't know why they did that. I, I can sort of see why. It's funny because Fox normally don't really do this. This is more of a Channel 7 thing to do. But they always sort of pander to the lowest common denominator, like sort of going for people that aren't necessarily interested in football. So um, they do things like add all of these interviews with people that aren't playing. Or um, I, I notice on Channel 7 a lot, they really try to involve the commentary team, like their characters on the show, you know, and they, you know, they crack jokes and, and make comments that aren't related to football. Or, you know, they'll, they'll cross to Mick Malloy in the stands, you know, like how's he reacting to all of this? And they really try to get people on board. I think in a what I think is a vain attempt to get... Um, non-footy people on board because they know that the you know the the, the die-hard footy fans will, will watch it regardless. Um, so Fox normally don't do that sort of thing, but I felt like that was a step in that direction, which is, I think is a terrible direction to go in. Um, you're only going to alienate your own viewers. So hopefully, hopefully they they refrain from doing that in the future. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't have much hope for it. So look, uh, uh, to be honest, after Downey was picked. At pick thirty-five, which you know, the broadcast started at about seven thirty or seven. Um, I think it started at seven. Downey was picked at I think ten thirty. That's how long it took to get from one to thirty-five. Uh, I just went to bed after that, so I woke up to the news that we'd gotten Brockman. And um, I know this is just sort of a funny aside, but I know a lot of Richmond supporters were quite annoyed because they had their first pick at I think eighteen, and they had to wait about an hour and a half to get there, and then Richmond immediately traded that pick. Um, so they waited an hour and a half for nothing. And, and, you know, that, and that's the sort of thing that can happen um, because of this trading of picks. And oh, I won't go on about it anymore, but yeah. It was, it, but I Next year, honestly, I don't, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to read the, the aftermath and, and, and read about what we got. I think that's a better way to, to sort of uh, take in the draft. Yeah, good plan. Yeah, good one. As a sum up, Michael, I would say we've had a good week at Hawthorne. We've uh, managed to get the players who I believe we need going forward to win us a premiership, and that's what this is all about. And uh, I think we've had a good week, Michael. Your summary? 
Yeah, I, I also think we've had a good week. Um, you know, you don't really know what you've got until maybe four or five years down the track. But um, yeah, look, it's good to have a top 10 pick again. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we've added some more to a team that really needs uh, a bit of a, not a full-on rebuild, but definitely a bit of a reset and, and, you know, a bit of a rejig. So I'm glad we've really started that process. Good on you, Michael. Look, I reckon we might uh, finish it up there. Look, uh, anything you want we should add, Michael, before we head off into the uh, Christmas break? No, not really. There won't be much Hawthorne news for a while. So I don't know when we'll record again. Um, might come back in February sometime, I think. Yeah, maybe. Or, you know, we might do something post-Christmas. That I've noticed a lot of really weird things on the Hawthorne Hawks Nest merchandise store. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I want to buy myself a new a new polo shirt. So I'm looking at the uh, merchandise there at the moment. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there's some there's some interesting stuff there. But what's the weird stuff you've noticed? What weird stuff uh, probably the, the Hawthorne Guess Who game. Um, uh, I don't oh, think it's an altogether... Yeah, I saw that ad. Yeah. I, I don't... I, I saw two... In the ad, they've got two little kids playing it. Yeah. Um, but I think most of those players, they <laughs> played well before those kids died. They wouldn't even seen any of them. So I don't know how they would play that. I don't know who they're going for. If they're going for kids, and I think they are, um, you know, they're not going to know who Chris Mew is. Like that. <laughs> I mean, that's just... Yeah, I don't. It's um, it's a strange, it's a strange one. There are some very strange things that pop up on those sorts of um, you know, club stores. So the worst, the absolute worst thing that I've ever seen in regards to Hawthorne is the the Hawthorne fishing top. Um, what was that one? If, I don't remember that one. Oh, if you get a chance, just Google it. It is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Um, brown and gold. Look, I like the brown and gold on the Hawthorne. Guernsey, like yeah. that's great, but really, let's be honest, those colours do not mix anywhere else. Um, and it's a, it's basically a, a fishing top, which is like a yeah. you know, a, a, I don't know what it's made out of, but you know, like sort of um, you know, wet suit sort of material. And uh, it's brown and gold, and it's got a giant fish splashed across the front of it, and is just absolutely revolting. Uh, just Google Hawthorne fishing top. Oh, um, I think it's one. Of the, is absolutely foul. Um, yeah, I, I hope no one bought that. I, oh, I, no, it's much worse than the ugly sweater, which is, you know, that's ironically bad. You know, like, yeah. that's fine. But the um, the fishing top is filthy. <laughs> just just Google it. It's, it's, I, it's hard to imagine them coming up with anything worse than that. Sounds like a classic, classic yep. one, Michael. I love it. Uh, look, Michael, I reckon we might finish up there. Anything else you want right. to comment on before we head off into the sunset? No, I think that's it. Folks, we wish all you, all our, our listeners, uh, we had a few listeners the last podcast. Thank you very much for tuning on in. Back to join us on Hawthorne Obsession after a few years, few years uh, just uh, having a bit of a rest from Hawthorne Obsession. But folks, have a great Christmas. Uh, we're certainly looking forward to Christmas and uh, what the new year brings for the Mighty Hawks. Folks, we love Hawthorne. We know you do as well too. And uh, we look forward to seeing all the Hawthorne Obsession folks back with us uh, early in the new year and uh, hopefully bring us a, uh, the pathway to a new premiership because, as you know, folks, we are in the business of winning premierships. That's who we are at Hawthorne. On you, Michael. Anything else you want to comment? No, that's it. Uh, have a good New Year's and Christmas and whatever you celebrate. Good on you, folks. You take it easy. Have a lovely time and uh, enjoy your week. Can the Mighty Hawks.